Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Marco Casper was taken by the Red Wings at eighth overall, and Scotty and I are going to give you guys our instant reactions. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and the host of Locked On Tigers, fifth win in a row, baby. Let's go. Bye, uh, baby. That ball rolling. Uh, but we're here today to talk about the first day of the 2022 NHL draft, and the Red Wings have selected out of Sweden. Marco Casper, uh, center. And uh, that was, I guess, I guess to get right into it, Scotty. Instant reactions, man. I I personally was definitely not the guy I was expecting them to take at eighth overall, especially with who was remaining on the board. But, you know, Stevie, we trust. Yeah, and, and I think it was never going to be a predictable player. Like that's just not Steve Eiserman. You know what I mean? Like it, it was never, it was never, I, I, I kind of wanted to say that yesterday too. I don't remember if I did or didn't. I don't think I ended up saying it, but like, it's, it's, it was always going to be someone that like no one expected us to take. And that's not to say that this is like some ridiculous, uh, reach of like a dude that was like a supposed to be a second round pick or something you know what i mean like it's not it's not that much of a of a reach i mean elite had him at 12 mckeens uh had him at 24 so they had him at the end but like bob mckenzie had him at 10 like he was one of those he was very much one of those dudes we talked about going into the draft that um anywhere after like eight and before the end of the first round was like a possibility. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it could be anywhere, uh, it, like a 20 pick range almost that this kid could have been taken in. Um, and he ends up at, at a Detroit Red Wing and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, man. There's a lot to be excited about with him. And, and like they said, like Stevie said, it might take a couple of years for him to come over, but um that's pretty much part of the course with the last several draft picks that we've had. So um, I'm really, really excited uh, about it. I really like the pick. I'm really pumped about it. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll talk more about, you know, his performance and what makes him, what makes him good, but there's a lot of, of, uh, of raw talent to be pretty damn excited about. Absolutely. Um, just give you guys a quick refresher too. Marco Casper is again, a center. He was born in Austria, though he plays for Rugel, Rogla, Rogla uh, in go. the SHL. Six foot, 287 pounds. He shoots left-handed uh, this past year with Rogla. He had uh, 11 points in 46 games played, seven goals, four assists. And uh, we had a prospect profile on Marco Casper with Max Boltman just three weeks ago. Uh, and my biggest takeaway from that is listening back on it is I need to stop trying to be funny because it's just not, it's just not working. Um, but other talking about Marco Casper, Max Bullman does a really good job of really summarizing a lot of the same things that, uh, 
Steve Eisman talked about in today in his little media availability, uh, not media availability is not the right word when he was interviewed by Emily Kaplan. Yeah. Just post pick like questions. Yeah. yeah. Which again, some Steve Eisman said some Steve Eisman things, which was great, but Max Boltman would go on to say that he is a player that may not ever develop the incredible scoring talent. You might want out of a top 10 pick. He, he even said in the episode, he might not be considered the sexy pick, but he is a very safe pick. He, he has played most of this season at wing, but Max Boltman was not shaken in the fact that he played most of this past season in wing. So that's pretty standard for development for centers. In fact, Dylan Larkin played some time at wing before transitioning full-time to the center role. He is a, a very, very complete hockey player already, even without the uh, scoring touch. And he, he is very straight to the puck. He's not afraid to get into the corner. He's got a fantastic motor. He's always going, trying to get, get that, get after that puck. And he's got a very, very good defensive game as well. He plays both sides of the ice incredibly well. So the floor on this guy is bottom six center. That's the floor. He's almost a guaranteed to be a NHL, if not center winger at some level. In fact, Mikhail Holm, who had Marco Casper ranked, you know, in the second half of the first round, even in his write-up from his sub stack, which go check that out if you haven't. Mikhail Holm does sure. fantastic job on all these Swedish players. Or he's Austrian, but playing in the SHL, uh, these players. And he says that his his floor is an NHL level player. Like you're getting an NHL level player. He's already such a complete package. His downside is you don't know how much more room he has to grow. But if your floor is that you're getting a you know, guaranteed center and his ceiling is he can be a top six center if he can bring the scoring along. And then Max goes on to say as well in that episode that, yeah, he, you know, his hands maybe do leave a little bit left to be desired, but it's not as if he doesn't have them. It's, it's almost a facet of his game that is overlooked because of the fact that the other parts of him that are so well honed are, are already so good. So if he can, if Iserman and, you know, Hakan Anderson and Lidstrom and Cronwell can develop this kid and his production to be a 50 point scorer, as Boltman said. That's an effective second line center, a 50, 40, 50 point getter who is defensively responsible but can still drive play in the offensive zone. Marco Casper, again, might not be the sexy pick, but he becomes a core piece. If he becomes Anthony Sorelli, that's what that's what Boltman kind of not one for one comparison. But if he becomes Anthony Sorelli, I'm I'm really excited for a player like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the other part that that excites me is the his physicality. Like he's a pretty he's a pretty physical player, and as we talked about, you know, a pretty big kid there. Um, and and having us having size at center is is always exciting. But um, also just having uh, a guy who you know kind of a fear no one mentality like he, he's pretty physical especially along the boards that's like a pretty consistent write-up by by anybody uh very physical along the boards and, and not afraid to to you know get in there and throw the body around so uh really really excited the, the kids makeup is exciting and that is like you talk about he, he does everything pretty right like there there's not a huge glaring weakness it's just there's also not like a huge overwhelming strength either and that's why people 
have him as kind of like a, a high floor type of pick because he, he's going to figure it out and, and be somewhat productive at the NHL level. It's just a matter of what the extent of that production is. And if he does just continue raising all every area, then he just becomes a, a jack of all trades, top six center. And, and Stevie said the expectation was not top six forward, top six center. Which they drafted him great, as right? a center to be a center. Yep. I mean, Eiserman even said when talking with Emily Kaplan that this is a guy that they believe his skill is underrated. And when Eiserman says that, gosh darn, I'm going to believe it. Right. Um, You know, it's no surprise the Red Wings took a guy out of Sweden, a guy from the SHL. That's what they've been doing every single year since Steve Eiserman's taken, taken over. Obviously, Asada was out of the DEL and then later spent time in the SHL with Rogla. Um, same team, by the way, I believe uh, Marco Casper's first SHL point came off a goal from Moritz Sider. It was an assist, I believe, that Casper provided on that. And he is teammates with William Wallander this past season. And then he played against Simon Edmondson and came out and said, hey, you know, I'm glad that he, I'm in the same organization as this guy because he was tough to play against. So I guess summarize it real quick before getting into our ad read here. Again, not the sexy pick, but this pick makes a lot of sense for trying to build a core. Not every player can be the elite goal scorer, especially in a year where we really don't know a lot about a lot of these players in the draft because we lost so much to COVID. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, there's, there's some more stuff and, and some more quotes from some people that, that are super, uh, make you super excited and are pretty cool too that we'll get into after, but. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I, I like like you said, it's not when when the name was announced, it wasn't a guy that I was like, oh, <laughs> like I, I wasn't like, oh yeah, like that's who was at the top of my board too. But it's it's a guy that after um, careful I, consideration, right? Well, not I mean, not even that. It wasn't even like oh, like I'm I'm warming up to it, and I was cold on it. It's just like that's just the Eiserman way. He's just going to take whoever's at the top of his board. And, and this dude was at the top of his board. And uh, I, I'm, you know, excited immediately, just not the name I was expecting to hear, but uh, a, a dang good pick. And yeah, we'll talk about it more for sure. Betaline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and major league baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are breaking down the Red Wings' eighth overall selection in the First round of the 2022 NHL entry level draft. Uh, they select Marco Casper, center, born of Austria, played last season with Rogla of the SHL. I'm getting better and better as I say it every time, by the way. Rogla. I think I'm there. There you go. There. Getting there. Um, I think another thing, this is a little bit of a, I won't say tangent because it's still talking about the draft, but another thing that Steve Eiserman did during the Emily Kaplan post pick interview is Emily Kaplan asked Steve Eiserman, how far along do you think the Red Wings are in the rebuild? And in typical Steve Eiserman fashion, he goes, well, I'm in year three of general of being general manager. So this is the third year of the rebuild. 
And it's just such a typical, like, no BS. Like, I'm not going to give you a soundbite that you want to use. This is just, he just doesn't play those games. And I respect him so much for it. We talked about it yesterday's episode. We talked about the pre-draft media availability. But he just, in the best possible way, doesn't care about your articles. Doesn't care about, you know, your root for radio. He doesn't want to give you the sexy soundbite. He just is like, I'm here to do a job and I'll meet with the media, but I'm not going to say anything to the media. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it was really funny. Cause that was like one of the first things that, that Daniela said after the pick, she was like, they, they got on stage at the, we were at the, the draft party, by the way, super cool. Yeah. Um, fun thing. Uh, great experience. A lot of, a lot of people. It was a fun time. Um, but one of the first things that, uh, that she said after the pick was again like nobody was disappointed because Steve Eiserman's earned the right to just be like you know whoever you pick we're gonna be pretty pumped about it um but everybody was just like oh that's not who we thought you were going for and she the first one of the first things she said was uh I don't think Steve looks at any mock drafts I think he like, I, I literally he either doesn't look at any of them and then somebody else on the panel I forget who said it. It might have been Cal, Ken Cal, but somebody was like, I, he might look at him and then just laugh, but <laughs> he does one of those two things. And that, he that saw seems... us as Brad Lambert and then watched him go 30, what, 30, right. 30. Right. Yeah. We don't, that's, that's pain, man. That, that's the dog. Um, but it was, uh, yes, I completely agree. I don't think he takes too much stock into, uh, into other people's draft rankings. I think he, he only really cares about his own. I completely agree. And again, with regards to the Marco Casper thing, I, I do have to ask, again, carte blanche to Eiserman right now with his previous draft picks having been successful as they were, but do you think that Casper was a reach in like your personal opinion? Um I I don't this draft, I don't even like using the word reach because like again, yeah. it was a complete bleep show from like six to to 20 it was a complete bleep show from one right well i mean (laughs) completely true yes uh so i i think i'm not sure i like using the word reach but as far as where i expected him to go certainly did not think he was on the wings radar or or at at least i yeah i I mean honestly i I didn't think he was really on the wings (laughs) radar at eight um so i think it'll probably be classified as a little bit of a reach but in this specific draft with so much just like variation. Yeah. Amongst mocks and, and amongst, you know what, just so much like wishy-washiness of like, who knows where is, who is going anywhere. Um, I, I think this is a draft where you don't mess around and try and trade back or anything. Cause we saw, like you said, from one all the way to 30 that anything can happen. So um yeah, certainly a uh, uh, like not a pick where I'm like, oh, like you should have traded back. It was a reach, whatever. Like, no, in, in this draft of all drafts, especially and at eight, like take your guy and go home. Well, and that's kind of goes back to what I was trying to hammer home in Thursday's pre-draft predictions episode is that you what might be your number one might be another guy's like number 10. And so in the end, right. why risk trading back? And then potentially missing out on that player you wanted and risk trading back for when you can just take the guy you want at the pick you're at. 
And I think that's the philosophy that a lot of the general managers this year did. And I think Steve Eisman followed through on that as well. And because again, hammer and home, the fact that there's a lot of tape we don't have on a lot of these players. I think that we had the most tape. And when I say we, I mean, Eisman probably had the most tape on the players in the SHL in the, and the Western European leagues because of the fact of all the scouts and people we have over there. Again, Nick Cronwell's overseas, Nick Lidstrom's overseas, Hakan Anderson, who's been one of the best scouts in Europe in the last 30 years. The guy who found Zetterberg and Datsuk is over there in, in Sweden. So no wonder a guy like Marco Casper, who played for Rogla, the same team that William Wallander plays for. So they're, of course, seeing a lot of him would get picked by the Red Wings at eight. And we've seen such a crazy variation in his draft rankings. You mentioned it in segment one. I mean, you, I have, I see him on here from smart scouting. He's got him listed at 30, 31st, while Sportsnet has him ranked at eight. There's so much variation because we've seen so little on every player this year yeah. because of COVID. These past couple of years, these players haven't gotten the chance to develop that it makes sense that the guy that the Red Wings would probably have the most have seen the most would be their number one guy on their board. I, we don't know if it's the number one guy on their board, but he was number one at the time of their pick, at least. Yeah. So uh, the pick makes perfect sense. And again, I want to just hammer home that he is already a very well-rounded, complete package. He's not a sexy pick, but he's already a very well-rounded, complete package and has a, a floor of a bottom six center and a ceiling of a top six center. That ceiling yeah. might be like not as high, and that might be like your 40, 50 goal scorer that you want in the top 10, but you already have Larkin. You already have Bertuzzi. You have Jacob Verana. You know, you have Lucas Raymond. And you have you, 40 million cap. And you have 40 million cap. So take a guy that's going to be the defensive guy. He's going to be the one who's not afraid to be grit. You know, he's not going to be here on elite prospects. The thing that they've written about him is he's physical and capable along the boards, even in terms of manipulation. He recognizes the angle of defenders coming at him and knows how to beat them and escape them. He passes to the right areas, knows the next logical play in the offensive progression. He goes to the net hard and often and with purpose to screen, rebound, and score. He was good at first touches, takes them inside when possible, and leads them to the next play. That was from the Elite Prospects 22. 2022 NHL draft guide. That sounds like a perfect fit for what the Detroit Red Wings need right now, especially down the middle. They have the scoring touch. Now they need a guy who does the rest of it. He, they need a guy who gets plays both sides of the puck. And Marco Casper checks those boxes. Absolutely. Yeah. Draper said um, one of the things that a Draper said a, a couple of things about him, but uh, one of them was that he learned the Swedish language, like when he, went over to play in Sweden like he learned the Swedish language and he said that that was like one of the things that impressed him a lot outside of his play on the ice was that this dude was gonna go play in Sweden and then just learned like the Swedish language like that's that he was really impressed by that and he said it showed you the type of kid that he is um but one of the biggest thing that Draper pointed out was that it's 17 years old he played in the postseason in the Swedish league like that's you know a, a pretty big deal yeah he, he, said he was 18 in April yeah he said that that was one of the, he that the exact quote is he was one of the best players on the ice as a 17 year old he seemed to embrace the moment as the games got bigger he got better uh both Draper and Iserman pointed out a lot that he just is, is like a bulldog on the ice and, and is just um really is not afraid to, to, to use his body and, and fears no one when, when he's on the ice. And 
the way he plays just you know Iserman's quote like you said and Iserman's quote is he's not super flashy but he plays the right way and makes the right plays he's very efficient fundamentally sound he plays simple and drives to the net um so you're, you're again high floor not going to make stupid decisions knows the game of hockey really well uh and and you know has that dog in him and that's what we love we we love we love players that got that dog in them so uh <laughs> i'm i'm really really pumped about it for i i think that especially in a town that embraces like that kind of play, right? Like you don't see, he says wearing a Giovanni Smith Jersey, right? Right. <laughs> well, not even like, you know, I'm not expecting this to the lead, the, the, the league in PIMS or anything, but um, just like the, the, the fan base of the, the city of Detroit across all four sports really embraces like the, the grit and grind, you know, type of, of players that aren't afraid to to be physical and, and might not be the flashiest and, and might not put up 100-point seasons but um, are one of the best players on the team because they do everything right and, and you know, work hard in games. And so I, I think that he's going to fit the identity of the city really well. I think he's exactly what the team needs, especially with, with what was left on the board at eight. I think he, he is the, the – perfect guy to go to i i really can't say enough good things about about him or the pick and and even though he he even though the pick uh when it was first announced surprised me a little bit just as like every steve eiserman pick ever has um i'm really really excited about it yeah and i think i just want to go back to the point you made about the fact that at 17 years old he was playing in the playoffs in the shl i mean we constantly sing the praises Crazy. of the shl for its ability to develop nhl level talent I mean, there is a reason why the Red Wings send, uh, you know, when they're not playing at the AHL, why they send their players to the SHL. Granted, it may be a bigger ice, but this is still one of the best professional hockey leagues in the world. And at 17 years old, he put up six points in 13 playoff games, nearly half a point per game at 17 years old playing against men. Three goals, three assists. He had seven goals and four assists in 46 games played. That is impressive for a guy who... I don't know what the school structure is like over there, but if you were in Amer America, wouldn't even have been graduated from high school. And he's playing against men in professional hockey. And he's a bulldog, as Chris Draper puts it. He is a bulldog at 17 years of age against men. Iserman said he had one 20-minute conversation with Casper during the draft combine and walked away unbelievably impressed. I love it. I when Eiserman's impressed, I just feel no. I, like here's the thing. Like again, you, you can tell for the for whatever the third year in a row, you can tell he got his guy. That exactly. is exactly that's and, the and that is we have no reason to not be beyond excited with Steve Eiserman guys, and it's very clear based on his comments, based on the comments made by others about how Steve's felt about him, that this was a Steve Eiserman guy. This is a guy that that. Steve was really impressed with um, and he went in and got his guy. And now I'm always going to be happy with, with that result based on, uh, based on Stevie's track record. So. Well, and I try really hard to just try and get my bias out of the way when we talk about these things and you don't want to give your general manager, no matter how big of a legend he may be carte blanche to do whatever he wants for sure. And so like, that's why I asked in all fairness, if you thought this was a reach because there is, you know, 
a little bit of that reach factor. I mean, the overall, most places have him between the 15 and 20 range for where he's going to get drafted, and they took him at for sure. eighth. But given his track record, he does deserve a little bit more, you know, faith. I mean, again, you Cider is always going to be the example that people go back to. And the fact that Cider became rookie of the year and people thought he was a reach at six. But even Edvinson, to an extent, this past year, people are saying they should have taken Eklund. And Eklund's still going to be a fantastic player in his own right. But Edvinson went out there and was a rookie of the year finals in the SHL. So it, it's hard not to, like, sound super, like, hype, uh, hyper, you know, get blinded by the dazzling lights of what Steve sure. Eiserman does. Because he does just do really smart things. So it's hard not to give him that carte blanche when he earns that carte blanche. When he when he you he earns that faith to have in him. So and, was you he know, maybe, but he could also turn out to be rookie of the year. <laughs> here's the thing. He's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. Uh, do you want to quickly talk about some of the other shenanigans that happened on this day? Well, first of all, again, we went down to we were at LCA. For the draft party, fantastic event, yeah, and very well. so much fun. Second um, year in a row, the show has been, yeah, yeah. It was, um, and it was this year, it was weird. This year, they, um, well, I think part of it had to do with the fact that we didn't trade up, <laughs> so it was a little bit shorter this year. Um, but it, I mean, still a, a fantastic time. It was really well, uh, really well put together. You know, the fact that they had the panel there after the pick to talk about it. Uh, you know, Cal and Danielle and everybody did a great job. So it was a very fun time. A lot of people. Very, very cool. Well, and then Slavkovsky went first overall, which yeah, is that was the big. right again. Well, I mean, just every time there was a pick announced that wasn't Shane Wright, like everybody in the crowd, the entire cr crowd at LCA is just you can hear the gasp and like the yelling and stuff every single time. If you were to tell me that he was and the laughter, be to be honest. If you have yeah, right, if you were to tell me that Shane Wright was not going to be a top three pick before this draft, I would have told you you were insane. Absolutely, like, he Simo fell out Nemich. of the top three. Simo Nemich jumped up to two. And how about Seattle, man? Seattle now gets Shane Wright, who was yeah. the projected, like borderline bona fide one one pick of this draft. They get him at four, ago. and they get him at four, and then on top of that, have I think four second round picks on Friday. That's, that's you want to you want to talk about an expansion team that's doing stuff to to get stuff moving in the right direction. That's certainly it. Well, on that note, also Chicago Blackhawks. I oh yeah, crazy I, I day for Chicago. I don't want to like. Be, I have very I have very harsh emotions for Chicago Blackhawks organization, but from a purely hockey perspective, they actually did at the end of the day a fantastic job kickstarting a new rebuild. Now, yeah, in a the way you explained it to me there was, was really good. You know, it, when we were talking about it while we were still at the draft party, like, you know, it was, it was kind of similar to the Jeremy Grant situation with the Pistons, like the, the Jeremy Grant trade in a vacuum, you're going to look at it and go like, wow, we didn't give very much value for that but then when you look at the whole day and what they gave up and and what they ended up getting after the night was over and you look back and you're like okay like that you know makes a little bit more sense well that's exactly it um in a vacuum trading to for the seventh overall pick and then what the 38th overall pick is a horrible yeah. deal 
for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, because that was you definitely the s- talk of the pre-draft was just like everybody, everybody saying like, "Holy cow! I I can't believe it was uh, a fleece job in a vacuum." Yeah, Ottawa, uh, good, good, good for the Sens, man. Good for the Sens. It's just because Dubrincic is a 25-year-old RFA after this season. He still has one more year on his current contract as an RFA after next season. is already a perennial 40-goal scorer. And you traded a guy that young and that talented for the 7th and 38th overall pick. That's not enough. It just flat out isn't. I understand wanting to trade him because by the time you come out of a rebuild, he's probably going to be past 30, and his trade value will never be higher than it is now. But in a vacuum, it didn't, wasn't enough. But then to then flip that 38th overall pick, to get a first-round pick, I think it was a, the late 20s one they got. And then also trade Kirby Doc, who was a first-round pick as himself, but just he hasn't been able to find good production at the NHL level, to the Montreal Canadiens, but then the 13th pick that they had just received by trading all the way Alexander Romanov. So now they had, what, I think they ended up with four, three or four first-round picks this, this draft. That was some draft day level BS that they pulled. <laughs> and it was honestly really impressive from a purely hockey perspective. The Debrinka trade again in a vacuum wasn't very good. But when you, when you take the whole day as a whole, they then flipped. Basically they got the seventh and the 13th overall pick. Right. Or was it the seventh and a late twenties pick for Debrinka, which is much, much better. And then they also got the 13th overall pick for Kirby doc, who just hasn't been able to produce it. It's just, they entered a rebuild with four first round picks. And granted, this is kind of a weak draft to get those four, but that's still a fantastic way to kickstart a rebuild. And I have to hand them to that from a hockey perspective, not from a, what they've covered up in the past perspective. Yeah, no, screw the Blackhawks, but um, definitely a, uh, definitely a, you know, wheeling and dealing. My goodness, a, a heck of a, a night for Chicago. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. And then, you know, my the big one was the heartbreak at the end. I, I was really Brian and I were watching the rest of the first round uh, from a bar there next to LCA. Harry's, and, shout out uh, Harry's, love him. Yeah, Harry's man. Yeah, we were watching. They we were two screen, and they had the Tiger game and and the rest of the first on there. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, seeing Brad Lambert get drafted, I was I was. Mm, I wanted him to fall to us in the second round so badly, so badly. Once it got to like like 27, I was like, this might happen. And then every pick, I was like, ah, both of us were freaking out. We were like, oh, my goodness. So like, please keep falling, keep falling. Uh, and we were like, trade up, trade up and take them. Like, keep <laughs> falling. And, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, he goes there at 30. But um, I cannot believe he fell as long. I mean, I can, but I also can't. That's that's. That's the dog, man. That's the dog. Brad Brad Lambert stand for life. <laughs> I'm trying to find these. Tr- I had it up earlier. All the trades that happened today because it was absolutely insane. So I Montreal had a right. couple too. They, they had a couple moves where they, well, they made a trade and then traded away the pieces they got in that trade and and everything. And that was obviously part with the with the Chicago deal. But um, so here's exactly how it happened. Sorry to cut you off there, buddy. No, you're good. Um, they traded the Brinkett for the seventh overall pick, the 38th overall pick, 39th overall pick. Apologies. Um, and 2024 third. And obviously they picked Kevin Korczynski at seventh overall. And then they traded Kirby Doc for the 13th overall pick 
from the Islanders. Well, Montreal had it, but originally came from the Islanders and a 2022 third. So they traded Kirby Doc for a third this year and the 13th overall pick that became Frank Na- uh, Frank Nazer. And then they traded the 38th pick that they got back from Ottawa for the 25th pick that became Sam Renzel and Peter Mrazek as they try and solve their goalie issues. And then, of course, Toronto unloading their horrible Mrazek contract because he did not play well this past year. So three first-round f- first draft picks for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like I said, great kickstart. But again, like going back to what you were saying, it does suck that Brad Lambert wasn't available. It, or he was available, and then he wasn't available for us in the second yeah. round, I guess. Little, little, little heartbreaking. A little heartbreaking, but uh, I'll, I'll live. Still, still a successful night. I'm trying to think. Is there anything we're missing? It was so much. It was a flurry today, trying to remember everything. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, uh, it was content overload for sure. It was. No trade up this year. No trade down this year. No. Nope. Just made their pick. Red Wings will pick again in the second so, round. Man, two, two second round picks? Yeah. Two. Yeah, two. I, I think, yeah, us and uh, the Washington one from Anthony Manta. Um, I think that's it, though. I think that's it. I mean, six, yeah, successful night. I'm really pumped about about the pick. I'm uh, I'm really excited to to watch Casper play some play some hockey, man. Trust the uh, Iser plan, right? Trust the Iser plan. Yeah, but and, like I feel like that almost has like a negative connotation in the sense of like, oh. Like everybody's gonna say this is a terrible pick, and you know, but trust the Iser plan. Like this isn't, you know, I'm I don't want it to sound like that either. Like this kid, this kid can play. This kid can play and and has that dog in him, and uh, and and is a little bit of a bulldog on the ice. And I'm I'm really excited excited to watch his development development within the organization because uh, he can kid can play. I love it. Any final thoughts? We ball, baby. That's what I was looking for. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a fresh episode here on Lockdown Red Wings as we'll cover rounds two through seven. See what else the Red Wings can uh, pull out. See if maybe there is a little bit of a trade or not. I mean, there's still going to be plenty of content to cover either way with, you know, six plus more picks coming. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.